and welcome back to Modern Commerce. Today we have Eric Ebenheim of Reconvert. He's going to talk to us about how we can increase our average order value on our stores. Uh, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. What's up, everybody? This is John and Casey from ModCom, and I have to show you something, all right? This tool is called Wicked Reports. It's one of the best attribution tools I've ever seen because of this feature called Funnel Vision. It breaks up your ROAS into top, middle, and bottom of funnel. So I'm here in my Facebook ads account and checking out this campaign, V-Day Sale. I'd probably be cutting this thing, right? If I was looking in Ads Manager or if I was looking at First Touch Attribution, I'd be like, you suck, 0.18 ROAS you're out. Uh, but if I look at it middle funnel, it's like one of the best closers. If I look at it bottom of funnel, it's one of the best closers. So that campaign is closing. I got to keep it running. I got to adjust the targeting in there and I got to adjust the creative in there. You know what I'm saying, Casey? John, if you look at the top campaign here, this four pack lob rolls, uh, you can see actually the exact opposite effect. It's, it's bringing people into the account, into this world really effectively, but it's not that closing type. So you kind of need a little bit of both, right? Like this is Can't the Kobe. Close. One you described as the shack, together they make beautiful harmony in your ad account. Yeah, that one's lobbing it up. The other one's throwing it down. If you want to find out which of your campaigns are Kobe's, which ones are shacks, and which ones you should just cut entirely, don't even give them a roster spot, go to wickedreports.com and click the book a demo button. What up, everybody? We are back. I'm here with my co-host, as always, Mr. Casey, and here with... Eric from reconvert Casey how you doing today my guy I'm doing all right uh excited early morning, to early chat. morning episode for you yeah, a little <laughs> earlier than it. normal but uh I'm Glad excited to it. chat and uh see what kind of wisdom nuggets we can get out of this conversation wisdom nuggets <laughs> uh Kate, or Eric how are you today I'm good I wish I could say it's an early morning and great morning it's uh it's kind of late over here but doing great thank you for having me guys Nice. All right. So we're going to get into it in a second, but I think, you know, just to start, I want to do, I want to do a little something. Maybe you guys want to do some gratitude, a little gratitude exercise, or I don't know, play a little game or something. What are you feeling, Casey? Whatever you feel, John, you're driving the I, boat, man. I mean, yeah, let's, definitely. What's the, let's do some gratitude. Casey, what are you feeling great for, grateful for today? Well, let's see. Today I'm feeling grateful. You know, I'm feeling refreshed. It's early in the morning. I'm feeling grateful for a nice comfy bed um and uh you know just uh to be able to wake up refreshed like that nice eric how about you i'm i'm just feeling grateful for my wife i just we're working together she's working uh we're working in the same nice. company and today she's just like uh, we're working together and i'm looking at her and she's like all shiny just love this girl <laughs> she's amazing nice yeah yeah, yeah. what about well, you good good moment good moments uh, yeah yeah and i feel like i feel like how long y'all been married um, just since last September, so about almost six months. Oh, okay. Already. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. So I've been married, dude, pretty long now, <laughs> like 11 years. We just, it is 11 years in March uh, that I've been married. And uh, I feel like I still look at my wife and I'm like, man, she is, she's just, she looks good. But I don't think, I don't think that the same hap happens the other way. Anyway, <laughs> I think she's like, hey, will you do the friggin' dishes, please? Like, <laughs> You'd look real good if you do the dishes. <laughs> good point. Uh, uh, yeah, today I am grateful. I mean, I won't go full like I'm grateful to be here with you guys. Um, I'm going to do a little reverse psychology on myself. So we got pounded with like a foot and a half of snow last night and it is April. Like it's April when we're recording this. All right. So 
there shouldn't be snow anymore. All right. That, that's just there. <laughs> we shouldn't be getting a foot and a half of snow. Uh, but I'm trying to be grateful about it because I know like that's, that's what supplies that supplies the water in Utah is basically the, like the snow fall in the mountains and that turns into like basically all of our water. And we've had a drought for like four or five years. So I'm like, okay, just try and be like, Hey, this is good for us. But it just, it doesn't feel, I'm, I'm not a farmer. So like, it's hard for me to care a lot, but I'm being grateful for it. I'd be grateful just to having snow. I mean, it's it's not that common Dude. in a lot of other places. In Israel, you get snow maybe once every four years in, in wherever I live. I hear you, but we've had like, no joke, 20 sto- snowstorms this year. People are yeah. driving off the road. Like, it's been a, a big year of snow. Um, and I've been traveling a bunch since like October. And I swear, every time I'm driving to the airport, it's a snowstorm. It's like an hour and away, and it turns into this two-hour drive. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we have some <laughs> Nice. Way to flip that, that was one like around, worst John. Reversed, yeah, that was like the worst, worst reverse gratitude ever. Um, but we're here. We're talking about AOV. This can be a really tactical, really precise episode. Um, we, we're, getting, we're doing a lot more stuff with modern commerce lately, so it's nice to get back to our like tactical roots. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, We're going to talk about some ways that you can increase a- AOV. Uh, Eric, before we get into that, Tell me a little bit about your, give me like your entrepreneurial journey and background, but make it like, you know, like tell it like it's like an HBO drama. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, so you want to, you want to go with the long story, right? It, well, I mean, right. maybe give me like, give me three, <laughs> three minutes, three minute version. All right, I'll, I'll try to go with three tell minutes. Tell the entertaining I, I can guarantee it's going to be three minutes. I'll do give my it, best make, here. So. an HBO drama, a trailer of an HBO drama. Nah, I can't do that. It's just too complex for me. I'll just, I'll just yeah. say it the yeah. way it is. So. Just when like, I when I got out of the army uh, in Israel, you have to do three years. Uh, a friend of mine just I didn't know anything about computers in general. I didn't even know how to set up like how to turn it on and off. Uh, not to mention oh, yeah. internet e-commerce or dropshipping or anything like that. So uh-huh. a good friend of mine he told me like, uh, listen, let's just let's just open an online store. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So we just moved from Tel Aviv all the way to Beersheba. It's like somewhere in the south. It's a shithole, and we just started this grinding phase of two years nothing no family no friends just waking up working going to sleep and then just repeat eventually we uh we moved to krakow uh, just because it's cheaper uh, in, in poland for another eight months we met the guys who we took the course of and um we we failed miserably for about three years until we managed eventually if you want i can tell you guys about it later there you can learn from that story as well but we managed to scaled up from pretty much nothing to about a million dollars in, in monthly revenue in the span of three months. Um, and at this point, pretty much this is where I decided I, I want to split from being a merchant and just go after what I love, which is software and software for yeah. e-commerce. Um, so the first, and I started this company with my sister and um, we started with a smaller app. Now we have reconvert as well. And uh, now, a little over 40,000 stores using the software. Yeah, for sure. So so you were drop you guys were just drop shipping at first. At, at first, yeah. Now who was the who is the course you took at a I mean maybe you don't have to call it out. But. No, it's just uh the name of it was um what was the name of it? It's uh I, I can I need to remember the name, but it's something very long. This the uh, the startup the startup fast lane something like something very long. Yeah, 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 yeah something yeah, yeah, yeah. Full of buzzwords. Got it. Yeah. 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 No. Well, so, so was it just a matter of like, 
like just testing products, testing, like, how did you guys go about it? Did you guys do the drop shipping thing in a niche or did you guys do like the general store thing? So no, we, we went on a, so, so, so that we had a kind of a long journey there. We started, uh, so the guys we took, we took the course of, they had a, a sex toy shop uh, and you know, they, they were building their course around Google advertising. Uh, so we tried to do the same. They, they said, we wanted, instead of just doing, you know, AliExpress dropshipping, we were contacting manufacturers directly in the US big brands, uh, and we started a boxing uh, and MMA equipment store. Uh, nice. So we reached out to all the big brands, Title Boxing, Ringside, and all these guys, and um, they allowed dropshipping. So we started doing this, and then we started, uh, the, the, the margins were very thin, thin and we tried to um, start selling pretty much using Google Ads. The issue that we didn't understand back in the day is that it didn't work for us because um, they were selling sex toys and all the traffic is going through Google because that's the only place where you are allowed to advertise compared to boxing where you can pretty much advertise anywhere. So we never got the traffic we needed at the beginning. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can barely hear you there. I don't know if it's yours. Yeah, I can hear you better. Yeah, a little bit. All right, but yeah, so you said it took you like three years to figure it out. When you did figure it out, was it in that same niche? So not really. The thing is, what happened back in the day is the one good thing that we did, and I do recommend it to every merchant listening to this, no matter for how long you've been in the game or if you're just starting out, put every possible pixel that you can on your store when you're just starting out because you never know what gems you're going to find out later. So we were, yeah. at, we were uh, from day one, we had Facebook and Google Pixels. Um, I mean, Google conversion tracking and the Facebook Pixel, there was no TikTok back in the day. So that's what we had. And uh, after about three years, um, we just, we had one, out of this entire huge store, we had like 10,000 SKUs. We had one niche uh, that was around sauna suits um, that converted well. So what we did is we took the data on the, the um, I mean, that accumulated on the Facebook pixel. And uh, the product was very expensive because we didn't have margins. It cost, to us, it cost, I think, $45, and we used to sell for like $70, and it, it did convert. So what we did is we took this product, uh, found similar thing on AliExpress that cost like $4, and started selling it for $20 on a new store to the same audience that used to buy it for $70. Suddenly, conversion rate just spikes up in a second. And from there, you know, everything kind of started moving faster. For sure. Um, so yeah. So uh, one thing, I mean, before we really get into these these kind of uh, conversion rate uh, tips, you said so you had to be in the army. You have to serve in the army for two years in Israel. Uh, three. Is there, three years. Yeah. Is uh, I mean, do you, is there anything you learned like being in the military that I think that like applies to you now? Is it a discipline thing? I, I guess what was your experience like? I talk to a lot of military people at least in the u.s and it's a really mixed bag you know what i mean like some of them were like oh yeah it taught me so much some of them were are like the military is awful i would never you know i would never voluntarily do it um what's your experience like i think with the military or are you like i don't want to say <laughs> no it's fine i mean for me it's a mix first yeah. of all you, you do learn a lot definitely around what your body can handle um sleepless nights cold nights uh, like it's either you're hot or cold it, it's never okay you always kind of suffer in a <laughs> they way never, they're uh, never doing just a regular temperature they're never like, a regular temperature either you're dying from from heat or from cold but it's never just you know chill uh so no but in terms of work ethic 
uh, I was a tank commander, so it's the entire day is just all around taking care of the tank, making sure it can drive, it can shoot, and all that. And it's 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 not fun. So I, for me, it was a bad experience, but I did learn a lot from it. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't do it uh, voluntarily again. It, it is built in a way that you know you get to eighteen, you know you go to the army, so you're kind of prepared for it. But now, yeah, never never going back for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk. Let's talk conversion rate. Um, I think this is a this is a big one because so many brands are still pretty heavily reliant on paid traffic, paid media, um, and at the end of the day, paid media is like how much does it cost you to get a click? How many of those clicks convert, and how much is it uh, worth when they do convert? Wait, are we talking conversion rate here? Average order value. <laughs> let's I talk mean, average order both. value. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we, we can so blend much. it. We can blend yeah. it. Conversion rate, average order value. I always say that those two are blended. Like I never like to look at them in isolation and I like to look at it on a earnings per click or, you know, the e-commerce term is revenue per session uh, basis. EPC is more for like affiliates. Uh, but yeah, I mean, let's talk, uh, let's talk kind of tip number one that you have. That's, I mean, we're kind of talking some stuff that people can implement sort of quick and easy um, to improve either conversion rate or average order value. So I, I, the, the first thing I would say, and this is kind of, you know, selling my own product, but I mean, working on, on post-purchase upsells, um, sure. the post-purchase funnel, because there, there are still so many stores. I, I think that this topic specifically should be similar to reviews. It's something that you have on every store. So I think post-purchase upsell funnel should be on every store. I, I don't care what product you use. There are tons of super effective and high quality apps out there or solutions for it but it's something you definitely must do if you look around the internet for the you know big retail stores even amazon aliexpress ebay all of these stores you don't just get to the thank you page like thank you for buying see you later it's not like that it's always they're going to get an they're going to get some more information about you and they're going to make you some extra offers to try and get other products right then and there and the, the most important thing about this step of the funnel first of all the customer is already with the credit card in hand which is great he's already made the decision to purchase from you now all you have to do is just be, give him some sort of a push to get something else and um like you said it you want to make sure that the value of clicks is worth the return on investment that you're going to get out of it eventually and on the thank you page on the post purchase step your your um cost per acquisition is zero. You get a customer already here. You didn't pay to get him over here. I mean, it should be profitable yeah. all the way to the post-purchase phase. And at this step, you kind of have a fresh visitor just in one step away from making another purchase. You can allow yourself to give him kind of better offer over there. And a lot of stores are just not doing that. So uh, it's a shame. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, uh, even, I mean, probably one of the first things we used to implement uh back in the the egm explosive growth marketing days casey and i's first agency uh one of the first things we used to implement with any client that didn't have it already was a post-purchase upsell specifically you know we're we're looking for like a not to use the name of another product but a a, a literal one click upsell right like a, yeah. a like one where they don't have to re-put their their credit card in we just say hey do you want this as well and you know we we tap that they tap that and they add it to their cart and then they get charged for that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll lift the AOV pretty instantly, you know, 15 to 30%, 12 to maybe 12, 10, 12 on the low end. Uh, yeah. but if you have really relevant post-purchase upsells, it can be a lot. Like I've seen it lift that AOV 
on, on an offer that's kind of like a low front end offer, like a real kind of loss leader type of offer or a tripwire offer, some people might call it something that's like a really crazy good front end offer that the, the brand's not making much money on. And then they have a really relevant post-purchase upsell. I've seen it lift that AOV by 100% and actually make it profitable so that they're getting acquiring customers for a really low cost, but they're able to break even or make a little bit of profit on acquisition. Um, and yeah, like it, it's kind of like the main like reason that I've seen that happen with those kinds of offers specifically. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, many stores, uh, I mean, a lot of store owners, merchants, they're kind of telling me that they're afraid it's too spammy and they're going to, right. I don't know, customers are going to be afraid of it. Eventually, if you look, the, the, the numbers don't lie. The conversion rates on these offers move somewhere between, I don't know, 10% to 30% on orders, that's on average. You see the extreme where you have like 80% acceptance rate, but still yeah. it's working, it's converting. It's something that definitely people should consider using if they haven't already. Right. So we're going to get into tip number two here. I, I agree. Post-purchase upsells. Uh, I, look, I, I do work with some brands that don't do it. And I think maybe the the one reason I would say don't do it is one, like if you really feel like it's off-brand and spammy, and also you don't really have that relevant of a post-purchase upsell, uh, meaning kind of you have one course view and they buy as much of that as they want and they're probably not going to buy more in a post-purchase upsell. Uh, you know, I would say, I'd say, it, you but... know what, I, 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 I'm partially like, it's still a place where you have 100% of your customers. So even if you don't implement right. post-purchase upsells, find something else to take from the customer. For example, take his birthday so that in right. the next year you can you know, revisit this offer or just message him, uh, get more information yeah. about your customer eventually. Well, so we have one brand that we work with that a really high value for thing for them is when people follow them on Instagram. When customers follow them on Instagram, like our data shows that they're just so much more valuable because they're super active on Instagram. And then they have this like close friends group that like people get into and they get like behind the scenes of the company and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I mean, look, if you, if you don't want to do the post-purchase upsells, if you just don't think it's going to make much sense for you, or if you test it and it just doesn't lift AOV very much because you don't have anything that relevant, then like maybe a better thing to put there is like, yeah, getting their birthday so that you can send them a birthday promo or getting something that is just going to like get them deeper down that rabbit hole of like yeah. brand affinity. Anything also. Um, anything related to surveys you can just use it to segment yeah. customers better on Klaviyo or something that's definitely something you can do for sure for sure yeah. all right we're going to get into the second tip um but first we have a quick word from today's sponsor today's episode is brought to you by reconvert a shopify app that will instantly help you increase your average order value so after somebody places an order they pay now my orders being processed the number one way that we have found to increase average order value is the post-purchase one-click upsell, which looks just like this. After somebody buys, you make them another offer. And if they take it, it is instantly added to their order. Best way to increase AOV. That's true, John. But it's not perfect for every brand and every customer for every brand. So one of the other tools that not very many brands are taking advantage of right now is using this confirmation page as real estate to be pitching offers here as well. People are going to be coming back to this page quite often checking on the status for their orders. And it's a great place to be pitching them other products. It won't be a one-click upsell, but an upsell nonetheless, great place to get extra conversions. People might reconvert. <laughs> uh, so head on over to reconvert.io to increase your average order value today. And we are back. Um, all right, let's get into it. Uh, tip number two from you, Eric. 
So I, I'd say, yeah, I'd say something uh, in the lines of just uh, there is one step during check checkout that people also neglect, which is the shipping fees uh, and the shipping rates for different shipping methods. Uh, and this is something that personally I've played a lot with back in the day, and I know can really impact your average order value big time, and it's going to go straight to your um, to your pockets eventually. And the way to there 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 are very easy ways to test it. It can be um, things around you know uh, free shipping threshold which is the easiest one and then if you want to take it one step further and what we used to do back in the day is we used to offer let's say the shipping fee is five dollars we used to just offer an alternative i don't know expedited or express type of way which is the same thing just adding i don't know uh, one two dollars and over time find out what is the rate that people are opting for the most um and yeah it's if, if you have a high volume store that's insane the, the additional um, revenue and the increase in ROV is going to be instant and it's something you should continuously do and a lot of stores just have you know the default rates and that's it interesting so like what kind of tests would you do specifically with shipping like making it more making it like so usually I'll, I'd make it more and um, oh. you, you can always make it optional so let's say that you're let's say that you offer free shipping on all orders okay mm -hmm. you can keep the free shipping option one so it, it, it won't hurt your conversion rate for sure and then you can just add another option let's say i don't know insured shipping if all your or if you, all your shipping is already insured anyways why do you i mean you shouldn't care making it like a value proposition and make it for three dollars or five dollars and yeah. you'll see that 20 30 percent i don't know if 20 30 but let's say 20 percent of customers are going to opt in for this additional five dollars that's going straight to your pocket and you are going to follow through on your promise because all of your uh, shipping is already insured. So this is right. just something to consider. Yeah. Right. I, and another one that I've seen work really well is, uh, I've seen it said priority handling, which basically yeah, I mean, means like you jump the line, right? So $5 or something like that at a, at a $5, $10 option there where they jump the line, especially during like big, like buying moments, mother's day, which is coming, but coming up, uh, Father's Day Q4, uh, basically just add this high pr this uh, priority handling option where you just say, yeah, like anybody who uh, opts in for priority handling, like we're going to pick and pack theirs first and send it out first, right? And you just mm -hmm. implement that logistically. If you're using yeah. a 3 it might be tough to do, but uh, implement it logistically if you can. And yeah, that's and like something that's that's something you can call anything you want. You can get pretty creative with it, right? Like you've seen like right. expedited processing, uh, expedited you know, call it anything you want. <laughs> Whatever yeah. you think sounds the best. It's another little uh, strategy there. Yeah, and that, that's, I mean, it's a big thing you can do. One other thing that also I see almost no stores are doing is just uh, personalizing the message on the shipping method. So you can okay. use some tools for that, but just adding either uh, not necessarily first name, but you can do something like if someone from Florida is ordering, you can just say um, something like you just earned a discount on shipping. You have the same rate, but just say because it's for Florida, you're getting, I don't know, uh, fastest rates or, or fastest uh, shipping or cheaper rate. They, I mean, the customer doesn't know, but it gives him this feeling of excitement uh, about it, which is cool. And there's also secondary message you can add to shipping. Um, you need to use apps to do that. You can do it on, on Shopify directly. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but personalizing it definitely helps. And then I think the easiest win would do, would be to, um, if if you're not offering free shipping or if you have free shipping threshold, just make sure that the free shipping threshold is above the best seller. Uh, so if yeah. your average order value is thirty dollars and uh, I don't know your best seller is like 
I don't know, 25 make the free shipping above $30. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just works. Yeah, and then using and, something. And, and, and if you're, sorry, and if you're on Shopify Plus and you can use the new checkout extensions to customize the checkout, just make sure that on the shipping page, you have the upsells there to go through the threshold. Um, yeah, or you and and using something like in and I don't know if you guys are building this in reconvert, but Monk Commerce, the the tool that we just read to like show people, hey, you're this far away from free shipping. Once they've used, once they've purchased that be best seller, having some kind of visual to to show the customer, you're this far away from free shipping. Here are some products that people like with the product that you bought. So it's just really easy for them to add. You know, if you've got the threshold at thirty bucks and they buy your best seller at twenty five dollars, you show them. A ten dollar complimentary product. That way, they're not hunting around so that they can get to thirty dollars exactly. exactly. They're just adding yeah. that ten dollar complimentary product, and you've bumped them up to thirty five dollars. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like those, all those things uh, are good ones. Anything else on shipping, Casey, Eric? Anything you guys have seen or can think of? Yeah. No. All right. Let's go to number three then. Sorry. Go ahead, Casey. Go ahead. Number three. Number three. Number three. Good. Go for it. Eric. All right. So I think we kind of talked about it already, but just optimizing uh, your thank you page. Uh, there is probably just one point that I want to add on top of what we already said about the thank you page. Um, first of all, this is the point where you really have all the information you need about the customer. And this is where you yeah. can really, um, I mean, take it to the next level with your precise offers. But the one thing that people actually don't know is that uh, specifically on Shopify, that's kind of the area of expertise here. Um, customers are getting back to the thank you page on average 2.7 times per order okay because once because they're one, looking for their shipping yeah so yeah. all the transactional emails by shopify you know uh, shipping confirmation order delivery like out for delivery and all that they send customer back to the order status page by default which is the thank you page mm -hmm. and you can actually customize this page to show different offers based on the stage of the order they're in so that's something you can do that is super valuable like if, if someone someone's order is uh, conferred from uh, i don't know delivered for example you can show a customized message with a customized offer or a limited time offer specifically for the day they're getting the order you can do a lot of stuff with it so um yeah just optimizing it over there um a lot of the times customers are the next day for example coming back to the thank you page and then adding another product to the order uh, and and it is important to set up the triggers and the conditions on the thank you page to be based on the fulfillment status because the last thing you want to do is to offer too big of a discount and without shipping uh, to an order that's already been shipped that's the last thing you want to do right yeah yeah, yeah. no i think uh thank you page is, is a good one and i would even say like if you uh so for so for certain brands that like maybe don't have a way to maximize value um like doing other things, getting creative with it. So, so a brand that I'm thinking of right now is one that we've worked with before, which is, is Crossnet. Uh, and you could apply this same concept to like any back, any kind of backyard game, really cornhole spike ball. Uh, I don't know. What am I missing? There's one called like plunge now that, uh, the former founder of the morning brew, he's, uh, he's like launching this game called plunge. Now it's like a, a kind of a dark, I don't know. I'm not going to explain it anyway. Uh, yeah. Like I, I, all those sort of backyard games, like you've kind of realized pretty much most of your customer lifetime value once they've made a purchase. Right. So you, you don't really have anything to cross sell them, upsell them, um, whatever. But what you're really looking to do there is, uh, one, can you monetize them a different way? Right. So can you create partnerships, uh, that make sense? 
uh, where you can refer them from there and just create affiliate relationships, right? So that you can monetizing them again, um, getting survey info so that you can be more effective with your, with your marketing um, or just like pushing adoption, right? So the first thing with something like that is that, you know, hey, I want you to buy it. But after they buy it, you really want them to actually like set it up and use it, right? So pushing them to your YouTube, pushing them to your stuff that's just going to get them excited about like when it comes, setting it up and using it. Because the best thing that you can gain is like an advocate. The way that the right. stuff like that spreads is when people come over to their house and play it and they have fun, then they go and like, you know, get it and stuff like that. So, so right. like there's this whole world where that whole thing spreads by people using it. Um, so yeah, I mean, think about how to use your thank you page in a way that's like, what's going to be most valuable to our brand long-term that we can do on mm -hmm. our thank you page. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, one, one of the things that we probably have on the thank you page with reconvert, you can set it up. That is probably the best revenue generator we have is the yeah. actual option that when, when someone just complete the order, you give him some sort of a time frame. let's say 20, minutes or something give him a store-wide type of discount they can yeah. go visit the entire store and place another order and it's limited yeah. to that customer at that time and, and go back again so that's mm -hmm. specifically going to i mean aov if you have we actually back in the day we created another app called order merger that automatically merges orders uh, uh -huh. that are similar automatically so you can you can cool. call it aov if, if they get another upsell from another order it's automatically merged the orders and just say it's, that you instantly push that second order, whatever you Yeah, it worked. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We created that because of reconvert because back in the day there was still no order editing API for Shopify. So we had to create a new order and then we had, okay, let's just create an order to merge these orders together. So yeah. Uh, yeah. This is I mean, in the same vein of like uh post purchase upsells, you know, everybody loves more revenue. This is this whole episode is about average order value. But to John's point, you know, value isn't just revenue. You can get value out of that like community building type of stuff that yeah. he was talking about. I was gonna mention the survey thing too, John, like uh before you you grab that one before me but even just like other like testimonials things like that kind of priming people for like hey if you like this like send us more send us things like this and show us how much you liked it right it's a nice review like prompt them for those other future things so that by the time they get the product they're just so overwhelmed with enjoyment that they're ready to like tell people about it I was right. thinking about maybe creating some sort of an automation. It's not something we never implemented, but something like in the lines of you want to get some sort of a refund from the current order, just make sure to make a video review and put it on social yeah. or something like that. Mm. So just tag the brand and you'll automatically get a 10% refund or something like that. Just yeah, to, those yeah. rebate programs that everybody loves so much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never implemented it on refunds. Yeah, th thank you page is a great place to implement or to, to put something like that. And then, or even just like, yeah. Uh, if it's a consumable tutorials on how to like a quick, Hey, mm -hmm. check out this video on how to use it when you get your product. Right. Because a big thing with consumables is uh, getting people to consume and like actually make it part of their routine. And if they make it part of their routine in, in, then you can be a lot more like sure about when to be like, Hey, you should be running out. Right. So, you know, if, if I buy a supplement, and you're like, hey, here's a quick video, three minutes, watch this three minute video. It kind of gives you the rundown on, on how to best like use the supplement and get the most out of it. And then I go watch that and I start using it that way. Well, then you know, hey, based on what he ordered at about 20 days, he should be running, starting to run low. So now we know when to remarket to him with ads, with email, with all of that stuff to say, hey, are you running low? Here's the deal for, to, you know, to get your next, um, your next order. And that's like, that's the key driving that second order after somebody runs out to refill and go again. That's the key with, with consumables. If you can get that second one, then you're, then you're 
rate of like getting people to get onto a subscription and do all that like that's that's what you really want right so yeah the thank you page optimizing it yeah i can't say enough about that i i think this one might be my favorite tip so far because i don't think people utilize their thank you page yeah that's uh, the way not, i i i wanted this to myself like i created yeah. reconvert originally because i really wanted to optimize the thank you page there were just no tools for that on shopify uh, so I just created that, you know, eventually I started sharing it with my friends. Friends told me, listen, dude, it's, it's awesome. Just put it out there. More merchants are going to use it. I, I never figured it's going to get that big on the app store. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, no, it's like one of the, uh, it, and it is, it's one of the best, like when people say like, how do I do stuff with my thank you page? Like there's other post-purchase upsell apps, right? Uh, that, that are good. But like in terms of like optimizing and doing stuff with your thank you page, like it's the number one that I, I'm always recommending to, to merchants for sure. So um and and it's because you think about it like you as a merchant thought about how do i use my thank you page yeah exactly all right number four. Oh, we're already number four i thought we were number three all right so let's I think that was number three so, that was. Yeah. i think one yeah. one thing that is definitely classic and that you know there, there are whole solutions just for that but it's all around bundling uh just offering multiple products at some sort of a discount or together instead of just yeah. offering like separate products you can do it either below the cart like get all three together uh, and add it to the cart you can do it in every step of the way through the funnel uh the one way that i thought that, uh, that i found that works probably best eventually um and i really don't know why but if i'm just looking at the data across forty thousand stores the one thing that really works is just offer the same product um at additional discount and you know, allowing them to pick a different variant or, or whatever, but just take another one at X percent off, one-time offer, take it or leave it. It works all across the funnel. It works on a, a to-cart pop-up, it works at checkout, it works for purchase, and it works on the thank you page. I don't know why, but it works. Probably the easiest way to go. Uh, another way would be to even offer like a, a set of two or three together at a bigger discount, uh, but you got to take the entire thing. Uh, yeah. It is important that whenever you do these offers, you make it smart so that if they do remove the products, the discount goes as well. Sure. Um, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So depending on what you have and what you're bundling, it depends uh, on the life. Yeah. You, you you may have to use apps for this, but but I've say, seen it relatively simply done with with certain products, of course, by just creating variants. Right. Like, you know, you have a variant of buy one, you have a variant of buy two, you have a variant of buy three. Um, yeah. Oh, we got a thanks. Oh, okay. oh good. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, like in the or a variant by one, by three, by five. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, you can like or you can create other products for it. So, so a lot of times you can duct tape this together without apps, but sometimes certain apps will make it a smoother process. I don't know if you have any, I don't have any like app recommendations that I would say this is all encompassing because it really depends on like what other variants you have. So, for example, yeah. I work, I work with a brand that sells pants and pants are already a multivariant thing because we have color, we have waist size, we have length size. Right. And so we have already so many SKUs just from one product. Uh, it's all it's hard to create another variant for like bundling. So you really yeah. have to kind of do something. You're going to have to use some kind of apps or custom solution uh, for bundling. So, you know, versus bundling, you know, f phone cases or something like yeah. that. There is no real variant. Um, but yeah, so I, I hesitate to like kind of make one all encompassing app recommendation, but play with using variants to do it or just different products. Yeah. I think this one, this one so far probably is my favorite. Um, and John, you mentioned consumables earlier. Uh, this is also like a great 
way to pitch like a subscription service, depending on, you know, that doesn't fit for every business. But if you are pitching those consumables and, you know, why not try to offer them a subscription upsell right at the beginning? Uh, right. Same idea behind, you know, buying in bulk. Um, yeah. And we all know in e-commerce, if you get somebody on the subscription model, you know, there's a solid chance that even if they aren't in love with your product, they just ride that subscription out for a while and maybe they, yeah. they, they have a hot and cold relationship with your products. But, you know, on that subscription, they always have that opportunity to come back, re-engage, you know, whether it's consumable, using more of your stuff or whether it's pants and you get a pair of pants a month or whatever, you're always getting a new style. <laughs> maybe a yeah. new, new style comes in and you like it. Who knows? So I mean, um, it makes sense because you need to be active to stop the subscription and not to start it. I mean, once you start, you need to be active to make a purchase. But if you need to be active to stop the purchase, that's definitely going to be more effective. People are either lazy or they just, you know, they have other things on their mind. Even if they don't really like it, there's a good chance they're just going to keep waiting for it. It, it, yeah, if they don't love it, if they don't like it, then it could create a bad, it could create some bad brand affinity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if it's like, you know, hey, it's not my favorite pair of pants, but when my top two are both, you know, in the wash, it's my third, you know, then, you know, I would take a pair of pants every quarter, probably. Uh, also, you know, especially if, if you baked into there, like, you know, for men's pants, it's like, yeah, every two years, we're going to start sending them a higher waist size, you know, because yeah. that's on average what's going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there's one, you know, there's one thing about uh, subscriptions uh, that is better in terms of bundling. Or if you look at it this way, is that it's not as scary as the bundle. In general, I have a personal issue with pre-purchase upsells and bundles and AOV increases. It's because once you go to the checkout, you have the, the, the psychology barrier that you have to go through in order to put out your credit card is just bigger. If, yeah, you, if you had, yeah, you just make a bigger purchase, eventually you're going to see the final number. And the beautiful thing about either post-purchase, when you do it, you don't have to commit in advance. You can just edit later. Same goes with subscriptions. You don't necessarily commit to the entire thing um, right then and there. You just, you know, you, you just, um, you're going to take it by uh, bits and by small pieces. Yeah, sorry. I've always said that in, in, in all, in all, you know, at the end of the day, the post-purchase, the post-purchase upsell will be the number one most practical thing that will raise your average order value without sacrificing your conversion rate because your conversion rate, it should stay the same. Honestly, uh, it, it's going to be, you're, you're not doing anything different on the front end. You're just adding that post-purchase upsell, which, some people are going to take so it's just inherently going to increase your average order value now the only reason it could change your your conversion rate is if you have some new tool taking over your checkout and that new new tool isn't as smooth of a checkout process is shopify but but most of the good ones like reconvert and stuff like that uh they're going to be a nice smooth checkout process so your front end conversion rate's not going to change uh but but your average order value will increase so that's i think like always the number one easiest, lowest hanging fruit way to increase your average order value is what we talked about in number one. Just put that post-purchase upsell in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of these other things, bundling, I, I, I think they're worth testing. It's it's yeah. worth testing it side by side, right? Yeah. By the way, another comment about uh, replacing the checkout with a different checkout that is not the native Shopify checkout. This is, uh, again, one of the reasons I decided to start a new app. Back in the day, if you wanted yeah. to have one-click upsells, you had to replace the checkout. So this is what I did back in the day. Um, yep. And it just, I remember so many times where we had integration issues, suddenly shipping isn't sinking. So your entire checkout crashes for a whole day and you know, money keeps spending on Facebook and Google 
and you just yep. lose a lot of money it just kept happening all the time so we just figured you know what we're just going to build something else that is native it's not going to be as effective because it's on the thank you page and not on the post purchase you know it took like two years until shopify opened up this option uh, but that's what we've done it's just it's been very effective because it was so stable it was built into the platform and not kind right. of uh, you know, in parallel. Yeah, you had to. You have to get that. Uh, you have to get that Shopify certified partner status, right? Yeah. In yeah. order to actually integrate with their checkout. So, uh, that's. I mean, that's it. Like, a, you know, talking about reconvert. I don't mean to make it like a whole reconvert promo episode or whatever. But, but <sighs> if I'm going to implement something post purchase, and there, you're not the only one who has it, right? But I am definitely going to implement something that integrates natively with Shopify yeah. checkout if that's what I'm already using because I want to test post purchase upsells without sacrificing my conversion rate. And I know, hey, if it just is in the same Shopify checkout, it's the same front end, everything's the same all the way through. I'm just putting something on the back end for them to buy. You know, I know then that it's it's probably going to increase my AOV without hurting my conversion rate. Yeah. All right, let's move on to number five. Five and final. What's your last tip here? Five and final. And this is not necessarily for AOV. I think it's more um, to keep things I don't know, keep our mind in, in the right direction, is focusing on profits. Um, AOV worth nothing if you have no margins on it. I personally got um, burned from it multiple times. Uh, yeah. Focus on profit. And it, it, I do have a real tip in here, something that a lot of merchants are afraid of. And I think it's time for everyone to kind of move on to the next phase, which is creating sort sort of a digital product. And it goes hand in hand with everything we just talked about. You can sell it cheap. It's 100% gross margin. You can do it as an upsell, you can do it post-purchase, you can do it as bundle, and it's something you can definitely push for and keep improving uh, compared to other products that, uh, physical products that are much harder to improve. Um, um, digital products can be so much better. You can either create some sort of an app that is relevant for your product and then you can do it, you know, the monetization there is insane. You can make it monthly payment, you can do it uh, usage payments, or you can be just a PDF, how-to tutorial, course, whatever it is that's relevant to your brand, if you can somehow add this um, uh, digital product to your uh, upsell funnel, bundle funnel, or just as a part of your AOV, all your metrics are going to go up and to the right. So it's definitely something yeah. I recommend. I think not many are just doing that well enough. This is that. Uh, this is that. Like buy now and get this free ebook while supplies last right like we always make that joke like, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna run out of ebooks <laughs> yeah we're gonna but, run out of that ebook <laughs> you know it's funny we say that and we've joked about that on several episodes in the past but it's it's only funny that joke is only funny because it's somewhat true you know i mean to some extent like even something like oh we're gonna run out of these ebooks you know that I mean, that you're just stacking up different strategies uh, on the back of, of what you're talking about here using digital products. I mean, why wouldn't you leverage that? Why send them something that's going to have an actual cost associated with it uh, when you can send them something that has no cost associated with it to you? So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're all about it. And that's something we can't we can't go uh, an episode talking about digital products without bringing up that. Joke. <laughs> What's funny is we actually worked with a brand that uh, they had their front end offer essentially was like, you know, hey, buy product and get this thing free or get whatever. In, in one of the split tests that they did, they it was like buy the product, this physical product. Uh, and, and it's it's a, a fitness product. It's a home fitness product. Right. So buy this physical product and get this other kind of complimentary home fitness product for free. Okay. We split tested that against buy this physical product and get 
the like an ebook like a digital product so which is like a guide right so 30 workouts or something like that or 30 workout guide for free we split tested the two of them and we did say while supplies last on the ebook which is kind of funny um it's funny, yeah <laughs> in, in no change in conversion rate no change in so the better contribution margin project the better contribution margin product was the with was the digital product right so it's like we didn't have to cut into our own margins in order to drive our conversion rate and make our conversion rate better sometimes that digital product actually is better and more complementary than just another physical product um i'm it's, big on this just yeah, uh, go go ahead, go for it. I was just gonna say, I'm I'm big on this honestly because I think that we're getting to the cross section of like, hey, you don't have to just be a physical product company. You know, you can be a physical product company that also has some info products, also has some digital products. You can be a physical product company that's also a media company, right? Like this is a big thing I'm talking to about, or I'm talking about with some of the brands I work with now, where it's like, you know, hey, what probably makes a lot of sense for you is to launch uh some other you know like a media like a podcast or a youtube channel or something like that on the back of your because like, you're already acquiring all of these eyeballs profitably or or close to break even right um break even or better you're you're already you already have the mechanism for acquiring all these eyeballs you know you can translate those eyeballs into some other sort of media property whether it's a blog or, or a, a youtube channel or a podcast or something like that and, you, and then you can monetize that right it doesn't it can be like semi-related it doesn't have to be like on the nose related uh to what you sell either but like if it's a fitness product then you can create a fitness you know youtube channel um where you yeah. do workouts and stuff like that so i i mean um i think it's just like starting to think about your business in a way where you're saying it's not just physical products you know it's it could be digital products it can be it can be whatever right it's it's it's, it's again, a this, yeah it's again you know we want to you want to spread the eggs you don't want to have everything in in a single bu uh, bucket eventually if you have another some sort of monetization way or product it doesn't have to be right around the brand it can be related and you can start growing another channel eventually if if it's going to work well enough uh it can sustain itself and then you have another kind of business model that is running uh it, it's just like um it's just like i don't know if um if you're selling just on shopify and you can i don't know start selling on amazon then you have a whole other sales channel uh, it's you want to just split it out as much as you can because i've seen stores that sell on shopify for years and then the day they start selling on amazon just connecting it suddenly sales are dropping so that's something you want to consider and just another word on uh digital products it's just that i don't know how to say it it's just it's sometimes it's easy solution to very complex troubles uh so right. Uh, just some of the examples that I see on a day-to-day -day basis is people telling me, hey, I have this uh, product is, is going to run out of stock. How can I handle that automatically on reconvert, for example? So I'm telling them you can set up a trigger that if something is out of stock, just sell this digital product instead, like automatically. Same goes, uh, I told you from the thank you page, if, the, if you want to display a specific offer uh, on the thank you page, and then uh, if you have very high shipping fees and the product was already shipped, then you can just display a digital offer instead. Um, just going to the same route. Right. So yeah, kind of got lost in the middle. Sorry for that. <laughs> got no I'll worries there. All right. Yeah. I want to do something kind of fun now. Those were five awesome ways to improve your AOV, your average order value. Uh, but we kind of got to inject a little bit of some, some wackiness into this episode. Uh, are you a sports fan by any chance, Eric? Uh, soccer. 
Okay. Sorry. Hey, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> so we do this thing uh, on the show where we do sports metaphors for business. And I think today this is a, a good theme to try to follow with that metaphor in mind. So um, I, I'll, we'll let you go last. Maybe, we won't put any pressure on you. We'll let you uh, wait until the end, Eric. If you can think of one, that's great. If not, that's fine too. Uh, but we like to take sports metaphors that we've learned from uh, our time in sports and bring it to business. And I'll go first here uh, on the theme of trying to improve your AOV. Uh, John, I'm gonna leave an easy one for you in your sport. I feel like I know where you would go, maybe. Even though it's probably I, I the best don't know. Let's see. All right, I'll take that one. And then if you need help, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out with something <laughs> else. But I'm gonna go with then, I'm gonna borrow from your sport and say the and one, right? You're driving right. the lane, you know, you're crossing somebody up. You're, uh, you're coming in for that layup, but why not go for that little extra bit of contact, kind of push the issue, make those refs and the stripes, use their whistles, try to draw that extra foul, get the defender kind of uh, taking an extra step that he shouldn't, trying to block your shot or something. You make that layup and you maximize that profit. You get a higher AOV by going over to the line and shooting up your free throw. That's a three-point play on what should only be a two-point play. That's how you maximize your profit. So that's bringing that to business. I'd say always try to make that extra contact. I think that's kind of the uh, the the essence of what we're talking about when we say like you know work on the uh, post-purchase upsells. Uh, you know, basically all the things here. Like go for that extra contact. Don't be afraid to be too pushy. I guess uh, if your customer just converted, they aren't afraid to see more offers from you. They actually want it. So. Go for that extra contact, John. Yeah. What do you got for me? We can talk through it if you need to. I got, I got two. I get, I got two kind of, but oh. but I'll hit, I'll hit one. You're rich with them. Yeah, dude. You know, you only have to give me a minute to think about a metaphor, and I'll have it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I, you know, I was gonna go with like a steal and score or a pick six, but I'll go. That's a what I was. Direction. I was thinking the squeeze play was the. I'll go. The... I'll I'll go a different direction. What sports it, are these coming from? I mean, come <laughs> on. These are these are very like pick very six, American. Like, that's American yeah. football. Uh, yeah. and we then, can't be yeah. taking any soccer ones. We got to leave those on the yeah, table. I, I really, I, it was really hard to me to say soccer. I really wanted to say football, but I know hey, you guys wouldn't understand. Yeah. No, I'm joking. Football. All right. Yeah, so in American football, uh, and I think this is a good example of like situational aggressiveness, right? So in American football, there is one way to score that's a very rare way to score, and it's a safety. Right. And so that is if you get a sack like or, or, or if you tackle the other team in their end zone. So they're all the way back. Their back is in their end zone and you tackle them in their end zone. It's two points for you and the ball. Right. So it's two points for you. And then they have to give you the ball back, which is a compounding thing. Right. It's the same thing as raising your AOV. So but but it's so situational. They have to kind of be in that situation for you to be aggressive about it. But I think when they're in it, it's very much more justifiable when there's like hey there's a chance for a safety here to just be heavily aggressive because all of out blitz how baby big, yeah because of how big of a play it is so again like pick your spots right like if 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 uh you know you're not going to gain too much by doing a seven post purchase upsells and you're not going to really gain that much but you're really going to alienate your customer they're not going to feel like maybe don't do seven post purchase upsells maybe do one and then optimize your thank you page and, and drive more brand affinity or something like that right like it would like choose the right balance but if paid traffic is really cranking for you and really scaling then maybe it's time to be aggressive and be like hey you know what like we'll give up a little a little bit of customer user experience 
to increase our AOV so that we can, you know, really throw more fuel on the fire that's already burning here. Especially if your attention is shit. If, if your customers are only buying once, you know, right. go, go, go at it. Just do, go hard. Do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I think I got something. I hope you, I get you guys. I'll go, for with it. Yeah, I'll, go I'll go with basketball. So just shooting hey. after just shooting after the buzzer. I don't know if the, in the NBA it's like 24 seconds or 30 seconds for the offense, but I mean, right. you're already putting all the effort, you know, you put throwing in all these ads from Facebook and Google, spending all the energy, everything that you got, you know, you build the formation, the team, everybody works together. And then, you know, you just, you get the last shot, the ball is in the air already. That's the purchase. You already like checkout was completed. It left the hand already. Yeah. You just need to wait and that's the time to kind of throw in all the post-purchase thing. You know, if you're already putting all the effort, let's just put it in and, and win the game. I mean, yeah, put it in no, three points. No, I, I agree. So so there's this actual thing in the NBA. Uh, I don't mean to get too sporty here, but there's this <laughs> thing in the NBA where guys don't like to take those last buzzer beater shots at the end of quarters and stuff because it hurts their shooting percentages, which right. is the worst, stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because yeah. I'm like, it's three points. Like, you can throw it up from anywhere on the court and there's no, it's not like they can get the ball back and score or like it's free points, right? You might as well put the shot up. Um, it's a, it's a loser yeah. mentality in a way. Yeah, like you no, care about exactly. your percentages more than you care about winning and taking responsibility for the win, I think. Exactly, right. Yeah, I don't want to shoot a half court shot because, you know, I'm trying to lead the league in three point percentage. Like, well, dude, <laughs> I don't care. Like, yeah. you're trying to win, right? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, no, I, I agree with it. All right, Casey, what do you think? You think parting shot? I think so. I think it's uh, it's about that time, John. All right, so here, here's what we do. We do a parting shot, Eric, uh, and it is kind of the overlying takeaway. It would be like the sound bite, you know, the the clip. You know, if you're gonna take one thing away from the episode, what would it be? Uh, give, I'll give you the option here because I know it's been a long day for you. You can take this one, give us the parting shot, or you can have me take it. Up to you. No, no, I'll let you take it. I just I all feel right. like it's too much already for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. So, and here, here's my parting shot here. At the end of the day, the, the growing a business is about getting eyeballs and bringing them through a process of, per, of making a purchase with trusting you enough to make a purchase with you. And then you have to do that well enough that the economics work out in your favor and you have profit. If you are sacrificing profit, if you are sacrificing profit for something hypothetical, like, oh, I, you know, it might not make the user experience as good or my customers might not like it or something like that. You better be sure. You better be sure that at the end of the day, that's going to show up in your bottom line because if it's not going to show up in your bottom line, all those hypotheticals are just going to end up putting you out of business. So if you believe you have a good product or a good set of products that is going to make your customers' lives better, I think you have honestly a responsibility to sell them, right? You have a responsibility to put that complimentary product into the post-purchase upsell if it's going to make their experience with your main product better, if it's going to make their life better. If you really believe in your products, then you have a responsibility to sell them as aggressively as possible. Wow, John, that was like a... I got Amen. a little. That was Amen. kind of some like Gordon Gecko stuff almost there. You get yeah, that dude, close. I got, I, got into it. I got into it. Yeah, love that. You should do these motivational videos. I know. I should selling. just yeah. Gary V style. Like, <laughs> I wake That's... up in the morning, <laughs> four o'clock every day. I never take a day off. Yeah. 
Man. All right. Well, this has been a great episode, Eric. Thank you for joining us. Time. I hope that all of our listeners got a few tidbits of knowledge, some of those nuggets of wisdom that we mentioned earlier. Um, and if you enjoyed this video, please remember to hit like down below the video. That helps us a ton on YouTube. Also, subscribe to our channel. That would also be a huge help to us. Uh, John, do you have something here? Are you, uh, are you trying nope, to get back I was, in on this? Okay. No, I, right. I was turning down the music. But if you are listening on an audio platform like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anything like that, please rate and review the podcast. That helps us a lot. Let's Spotify know that, hey, other people uh, like this person might also like this podcast. So if you got value here at all, please rate and review um, and shout out Eric and tell him thanks for the tips. Thank yes. you so much, guys. I really, I really enjoyed being here. You guys are awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank <laughs> you. And until next time, Modern Commerce, we'll see you.